Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the show, the 3-2 Podcast. Uh, on this episode, uh, we're going to go now to the National League side of the baseball season. And for this one, I got a special guest for y'all. Now, if y'all remember when I talked about um, the Indians, I said uh, my man Pot was going to be a little bit mad at me because I said, because, you know, I said the Indians kind of disappointed me. Uh, well, he's with me here today. Uh, he's a man... Uh, who knows a whole lot more about baseball than I do, and he's also a screenwriter, uh, a screenwriter, and a whole bunch of other shit. Uh, I leave a link to all his shit down below, so y'all can go check it out. But uh, yeah, we're gonna do the National League East. So yeah, you want to start with the Braves? Um, yeah, I'll go with the Braves. Um, actually, ha- actually have the Braves winning the division. Yeah, I agree. And. I, I think I have them um, competing with the Dodgers potentially for the first seed in the NL in general I maybe again. Um, it depends um, what, how their bullpen and their starting rotation pans out because their lineup is stacked when you have yeah. the dynamic players that they have on a roster it's just uh, from the position player standpoint from 1 to 9 it's really it looks really good for them and then they have some depth they have minor league depth they have um bench pieces that could turn out to be everyday pieces so it just depends on how their young guys play and they're a very young team too um yeah they're they're a really young team uh they have a lot of exciting players besides the the obvious guys you know so we have to see what happens with them uh a signing uh i really really like uh was cole hamels on a one-year deal i like that signing a lot uh and yeah, uh, Ozuna was um, a bit unique because uh, their two best prospects, you know, Pachan and Waters, whatever, uh, they're probably going to be alongside Acuna on the outfield in the next two years if everything goes right. So I like uh, the signing of Ozuna as a one-year, you know, just one-year prove a deal. Yeah, uh, stop that. Cole dude. Hamels is good. Yeah, I like those signings. This like this is a team that like if they do shit right. If they play their cards right, this is a team that can contend for a decade. For sure, for sure. And the thing with the Braves I really like as well is um, they also have Travis Darno. Yes. And he was really good last year too, and he was cheap. Yes. So they kind of got a little prove it that you can do it again deal with him. And you yeah. know with catching, you can always use the catcher. And he's pretty good defensively. And if you could pan out even average offensively, that would be good. Yeah. And they have a lot of young pitching in that pipeline. Yes, so, sir. um, he's going to be very big for their roster as well. Mm-hmm. And they still have title flowers as well. So. Yes. And the, I really don't have like, I, I just can't look at this team and just say, okay, like I see a big, big hole right here. Cause they went and they addressed the bullpen in the off season. Of course, mm-hmm. they spent a lot on it. Mm-hmm. They addressed the back end of the rotation, you know, Cole Hamels, like we said, uh, they also brought in uh, King Felix, who I hope can still play a little bit because he deserves to be uh, in the playoffs at least once. Um, with Felix, I don't know. I think we're kind. Of, I think he's kind of at the end of his rope. Yeah, I think he's done. But yeah, he's had like a over five ERA or less since like last like three years, two years. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, like I think y'all kind of get uh, where we both are going with this team. Like this is a team that we're both high on. Because, I mean, like, yeah, there's just how 
just how everything is set up like they got Albies and Acuna on bargain deals Freddie Freeman's still great the rotation's young and good like I said like if, if they play this right then this is a really really serious team for yeah. a lot a lot a lot of years yes very and they can they can swap in there and NCRT out they could put Christian Fache in there they could put Drew Waters in there yep. you still got Nick Mar- Nick Marquez is still in you know Austin Riley Austin O'Reilly, he could, yeah, he could turn out pretty good. Johan Camargo, yes. um, he's he had that one good year. And Dansby Swanson, Dansby Swanson seemed to kind of get it together last year. We got to see, yeah, he turned the corner. That. Yeah, and that was really good to see for him because everybody wanted to see him succeed. First overall pick, and he was the main piece in that um, Justin Upton deal too. Yeah, absolutely right. So y'all got the point. So. I'm going to move on, but we're going to move on now to a team that uh, is kind of a polar opposite. Uh, Miami Marlins, anybody? <laughs> um, I, I think I got something controversial with the Marlins. I don't think they're going to be as bad as people think they are. Like, they're not. Me neither. Me neither. They're, but they're they, have some interesting, they have some interesting pieces, especially in the minor leagues. Um, they got yes. the Bahamian shortstop, Jazz Chisholm. I'm very high mm-hmm. on him. I'm very excited to see him. He's very explosive, athletic. With him, it's just his approach at the plate. You know, he, he has all the tools to be an everyday shortstop. If he can, if he can refine his his swing. And one thing the Marlins have been doing the last couple of years is, um, since Derek Jeter got there, they've been going after athletic players that can make adjustments. Mm-hmm. Um, high baseball IQs, fast. Um, and the thing is for me is their guys are high ceiling low floor so they're kind of hit or miss because they hit they hit they're gonna hit like Lewis Brinson was one of those picks he was him and Monte Harrison were probably the best you could get in a package for Christian Yelich looking back and they both have the tools but with Lewis Brinson he struggled so far but he still has time to turn around because he's only like 23 24 We've yeah. seen players with shorter leashes do more. Um, Monte Harrison, he seems to be he, he could be a maybe everyday guy until mm-hmm. they kind of get to the point where they're competing. Maybe um, they have some interesting young arms too. Uh, Sandy, Sandy Alcantara, he he had a pretty good year That's last year, and he yeah. he has a pretty good arm. Um, Jordan Yamamoto, he's a bit of a soft toss, soft tossing lefty, but. He has maybe what like five or six pitches that he could throw, so he has a little bit of kitchen kitchen sink repertoire. And we've seen guys like that prosper. The one the guy time. I was saying was uh, Sixto Sanchez. Yes, that's my guy right there. If he can I'm stay healthy, for him. if he can stay healthy, then then the sky's the limit. That's an but, ace. But um, hold on, I'm gonna go to fan graphs right quick. <laughs> the moral is they're just in that kind of position. Like at least they've like rebuilt because a lot of teams they kind of get stuck in that middle ground between well we kind of compete but we kind of suck. Uh, Rockies. Um, so yeah, at least they're they're rebuilding. Like Pat said, you know they got they're going for high you know really high upside guys. So if even half of them hit, uh, they're going to be a respectable team in a few years. The problem is the fans though. Yeah, they don't really have a fan base. Um, Florida baseball is kind of lacking in general when it comes to a fan base. Yeah. Um, 
But I'm just looking at the model system right now. They also got Jesus Sanchez, um, Luan Diaz. They made a lot of good trades over the last, I say, calendar year for prospects. Yeah. With selling off yeah. some of the guys that were left on our roster. Yeah. I'd say that's really the biggest issue I can I can see with the with the Marlins because a rebuild is a rebuild, right? Like we know how this goes. Correct. Just got to see if the if young players stick. Correct. Uh, the thing is going to be hard is like I said, like trying to kind of repair the relationship with the city. But I mean, this is what happens when you rebuild like four or five times in twenty years. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and when you're a relatively new franchise, that happens as well. Yes. Um, yes. And and although Florida has a really great high school and college baseball season, seeing you would think it would be easier for them to build Florida teams to build their relationships in, in the state, but it hasn't been. And honestly, there's been a lot of good teams, and they've had a lot of good front offices too as well. Yes. You, you kind of get it. Y'all kind of get the point, if y'all listening, of kind of where we are. I feel like we both yeah. agreed on both teams. We agreed on the Braves. This is, is a team that's really 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 good and it's going to be really good the marlins are in that kind of space where they're rebuilding but they have good potential a couple years from now uh i want to move on to the next team I, this is a team that uh i feel like everyone makes fun of uh the mets how do you stand like what's your stance on the mets right now i don't know because Syndergaard getting tj surgery was sucks because honestly him stroman DeGrom, um, they still got Mets and, and Lugo. That would be a, a top five rotation, honestly. Yes. Any given year. That Senegal stays healthy, which is almost never. But um, mm-hmm. I didn't really like the trade, the Robinson Cano trade. Um, I felt like giving up Jerry Kalenic and Justin Dunn wasn't smart. Because right now, Jerry Kalenic looks like a. a a center fielder that can stay there and also have a very impact bat for the position. Um, mm-hmm. Justin Dunn looked like an up-and-coming rotation piece, maybe a, a solid four, solid five. His ups, his ceiling is probably a, a, a decent three. Um, training for Edwin Diaz kind of made sense, but the prospect capital you gave up for him wasn't worth it. And you're eating the money on Arby's no deal because you're the Mets. You have all the money in the world, but it's not worth it because he's not going to be productive. And you also have Jeff McNeil, so there's no point in keeping him there and having Jeff McNeil playing all over the place. I mean, you can still, but it's a mess. It's a, it's kind of a mess. But there's still pieces there that they can that they can build with. In my opinion, they're like an 81-81 team. I see them uh, somewhere towards 84, 85 wins. Uh, losing Syndergaard, like you said, that sucks because with Syndergaard, you got DeGrom, Syndergaard, Stroman. That's one of the best top threes in the league. Uh, the bullpen, I think, I mean, everyone, the bullpen was awful last year, obviously. Seth Lugo was the only good player on that bullpen. Yeah. But I think that's but, kind of a, a, a variance thing with bullpens because on paper, the guys yeah. that had back there are pretty good. Um, Edwin Diaz yeah. was on a tear the year before, but that's you kind of expect that from a closer after getting 50 saves. It's going to be kind of iffy the next year. Yeah, he also sure. gave Mario up. Rivera. He also gave up a million home runs too, so that, yeah, his command was off the whole you. year. He didn't yeah. have any rhythm. You, you could tell that pushing for fifty saves really took its toll on. Yeah, but the thing with Edwin Diaz, it seems like he's been around forever, but he's only like twenty three, so he still has time to build back yeah. up and bounce back. 
and with, a whole lot of time. With, with younger leavers that you, you didn't expect that more from them than you do from the older ones a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, the lineup's really good. good. Their lineup is good, but um, they took a little injury risk. Can Michael Conforto yeah. stay healthy? I have no idea why Brandon Nemo isn't their starting center fielder. Um, yeah. He should is a, be. It's a mystery. Yeah, that they're just playing the service time game with him, like like the Royals deal with uh, with Merrifield to me. That's kind of just similar players to me as well. Um, okay. I think uh, JD Davis is a good pickup for left field. Um, can Michael Conforto stay healthy? Who knows? They still have Jeff McNeil. Um, Matt Rosario had a really good year last year. He has a pretty high ceiling, and he's still very he's young still as really well. young too. Um, you know who's one guy that I thought they would uh, 100% trade for? Who? Starling Marte. That made sense, but they already have so many outfielders. Maybe Brandon Nemo and, and somebody else. Yeah. Um, who knows? I, th- I wanted the Indians to pick up Starling Marte, but that yeah. wasn't going to happen. <laughs> But yeah, uh, the th- uh, another thing about the Mets is they're the Mets, of course. So right. they're always going to do dumb shit in the offseason, even if they don't want to. Uh, they did two things this offseason. Um, they hired uh, Carlos Beltran as their new manager. And of course, he never managed one game. That might be the most Mets shit I have ever heard in my life. Yeah, in my 21 21- going on 22 years old living that's probably as Mets as it's gonna get honestly um, <laughs> it's that's it's, it's ridiculous like you, it's, it's always something every year with the Mets yeah they also tried to sell the team and they found a buyer and it was like almost done the deal was almost done and then the motherfucker who was gonna buy it he backed away at the very last second. Yeah, because so. um, the Dolans wanted to, I don't know if it's the Dolans, but somebody, whoever owns the team, wanted to maintain control. The team, what yeah, like that was paying for, dumb. basically. That's ridiculous. And um, the owner is kind of the reason why they're in a predicament there because he likes to overstep his boundaries and he thinks he knows baseball when he doesn't. Yeah. Um, so. And there's another thing uh, with the Mets. I think we both agree that they're going to be at least a solid team this year even with all the bullshit they're gonna suffer through because they're the Mets right mm-hmm. but the thing is uh, when you look towards the future uh, of this team I mean Stroman is is probably gone and the farm system's really weak so I'm looking to like where do I go from here if I'm the Mets because this team is not enough to win the World Series at all um with the but the farm system isn't as weak as much as it is top heavy. Because they got some young shortstops in their farm system, Mauricio and Jimenez. They're pretty good and they're pretty young too. But the one of them has only reached double A ball. But with, with your middle infielders, they can pretty much play anywhere in the diamond because they're that, that athletic. So we'll have to see what they do or if they swing any trades because um, Bodie Van, uh, Van Wagen, or how you say his name. Um, He's kind of made a lot of trades, kind of like Jerry DePoto lightish. Um, so we'll have to see. But I don't like him as a general manager. I, mean, I feel like I just don't know where where to go with the Mets, man. Like I, I just don't know what to say about him. 
at the end like as a conclusion like i don't know i couldn't give a a true prediction on the bands i know i said like 84 wins something like that but i'm not confident in that yeah i agree too um so we say i say anywhere from 70 to 85 is a good range because <laughs> yeah. they could wind up tanking but honestly i think they should have tanked and traded the grom and everything because i don't think they have the the core to really compete on the position player side yeah I they should have blew that. it up if they were smart but two years ago knows? and they're yeah. the mets so they're not yeah they're the mets so Okay, so that's the match for y'all. Um, next up is a team that spent, um, I don't know how to say it. Uh, they spent about the entire, like the, like, the entire payroll of, like, two Yankees teams of the mid-2000s in one offseason, the Phillies. The Phillies And payroll they still didn't is, make the playoffs. Oh, yeah. The Phillies payroll is about the same as the GDP of Cleveland, Ohio. <laughs> or Pretty Ohio much. itself Ohio itself I changed yeah um, the entirety man. of Ohio and they still got to pay JT Real Muso too oof yeah Th- that's gonna be bad uh <laughs> and the thing about uh, the Phillies is um I can't really point well I can't but in general everything was mediocre it's not one of those cases with some teams where like you can see okay like the uh, the position player side is really good or it's just the pitching that's lacking or the other way around Phillies were just mediocre all around I agree I completely agree uh, I don't know what the uh, I don't know what to say about them because they have some bright spots on our roster but at the same yeah. time it's just it's a it's a it's a clusterfuck yeah uh, if there's one spot that I can say okay like this is kind of uh you know like sticks out the bullpen really bad uh the rotation is a bit interesting to me because i think we both agree that nola is a legitimate number one ace yes yes he is um sack wheeler was an interesting pickup because i thought they paid him a whole bunch of money and i'm not sure if he's worth it um i think they overpaid for him but I agree. Um, at the same time, with the bidding war that was going on for him, the Twins wanted him, the White Sox wanted him. Yeah. I know the Yankees were looking at him, and I know the Phillies wanted him. Obviously, they got him, and they mm-hmm. needed him because the rotation is a little lacking. Besides Aaron Nola, um, I feel like while he's kind of oldish, he's in his what early thirties, late twenties. And he has some injury he's history. 30. He's 30. Okay, so he has some injury history, but to counter that, his arm is still kind of fresh because he, he doesn't have a lot of innings on it. So I understand the yeah. logic and the risk. And yeah, uh, the corner he turned last year was great. So Yeah. Uh, he feels like um like a good, like a really good number three to me. Yes, yes. Uh, the, thing with, the thing is that, okay, so you got Noah Lowe, who's an ace. You got Wheeler, who's a good two, like a good three. Maybe you can push him to a two if he, you know, ups his level a little bit. But after that, and then I just like Arrieta is kind of like I don't, I don't know what you're gonna get from him. Uh, and after him, it's just really weak. So, yeah. and the bullpen really, I mean, they got what one good reliever, and then really nothing after that. And they, 
And I don't think they picked up a single bullpen of this offseason, did they? I don't think they did, no. That was a bad mistake. Uh, <laughs> what they did pick up was a new manager, though. Joe Girardi. You fuck with it? Um, I like Girardi a lot. I think he's a pretty good manager. Um, I feel like he shouldn't have got fired after um, 2017 season. I, th- I think there was some... I think there were some backstage politics going on that caused. Oh yeah, that. for sure. Because um, if if you know, um, if you don't know, actually, um, the Yankees um, uses that use the uh, separate sex- sector of the front office um, in order to make managerial decisions on the team that they relay down the manager. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't think Joe Girardi liked that because you know he's really old school in that sense. Yeah. And you know Aaron Boone, he's a lot more cutting edge. He's a young guy, ex-player, all that stuff. He's like the, the new archetype of manager that's kind of um, merged with Rocco Baldelli and a couple other guys. Um, so I think they had to play, they had to go with it, like especially when um, in the 2017 ALDS, when he didn't challenge that um, a hit-by-pitch on Lonnie Chen Hall. That was really kind of a foul ball. Mm-hmm. So um, just that's just an example, but I think that the politics played a, a chance, a sort, a chance he as was well. Shocked. A part, yeah. Because um, honestly, I think a new era of Yankee baseball was on his way there, so I think he had to go regardless. Mm-hmm. So signify the change of the guard. Uh, yeah. Another pickup I like uh, was Didi. I forgot they had Didi. That was a great pickup because they needed a shortstop. I think they were, I think it was only for one year though. It was that. a one year deal because um, that Tommy John surgery really messed up his trajectory of getting some money because he deserved it. If based on his 2017 and 2018 seasons, yes, he was he was going on tear. He was he was that dude. Like when he could follow up Jeter and do a, a good job doing that at shortstop in, in New York. For the Yankees, yep. that's a good job. Yeah, that's that's about as, as good as it's gonna get, unless you're Francisco Lindor or Trevor Story. But yeah. anyways, um, <laughs> uh, oh man, okay. Um, anyways, um, Didi was a good pickup. They got Gene Segura. He's gonna play third. Um, yeah, their top prospect, uh, Alec Baum, is also a third baseman. So he's... I think he's gonna wind up at first, unless first uh, they still got Reese Hoskins, but. Yeah, like where does he play? Because they tried him in the outfield and it was it was awful. <laughs> it was terrible. It was a it was bad. I, I love so... the DH. It winds up in the National League pretty soon. Yeah, that's a good solution. Yeah, that's it a is. good solution. So it's um, like when I look at this lineup, right? Like, sorry to cut you off. I, like, I see like the name talent, right? Like, I see like of course Bryce Harper, of course. I see G, uh, JT Real Muto, best catcher in the league. Like DD. Segura is a good player. Kutch. I, that was one thing I, I was about to say. I thought the Phillies uh, like kind of became really mediocre uh, once they lost Kutch. Yeah, he he was and great at the top of that lineup. Yes, he had he a, great, a really great, great season. Center. Yeah, great, great season. Very, very. He's also a little bit of um of a, of an unknown because he had pretty major injury and he's not in his early 20s so we'll see how he comes back i hope he comes back well because i've always loved him just like his style at the plate always loved it yes but yeah um, like 
to update you on that. So I, I apologize, apologize for cutting you off, but um, he's healthy. Um, he was supposed to be projected to come back in early April. Mm-hmm. Um, based on spring training and stuff like that, they're going to send him down to AAA for a couple weeks. Have him come back up. Okay, that's good. That's good. Yeah, for them. so he's good. He's healthy now. And I think the sleeper for them is Scott Kingery. No, kind of super utility guy to have. Because he can bounce out a little place. He can steal bases and stuff like that. He can get on base. Um, so if he can maybe hit for average a little bit more and strike out less, I think he'll be fine as well. A good piece for them. And I think I agree. losing Cesar Hernandez is going to be bigger than, it, than everybody thinks it was because he was a really good player. He's a good above average player, yes. For the second baseman, yeah, you get 300, 300 batting average, 36% on base. It's decent slugging and 15 steals under the second baseman who plays 160 games a year. That's about the best you're going to get. A lot of teams, will, he will be starting on a lot of teams. Let's just put it that way. And I think a lot of teams uh, kind of lose sight. Well, not, well, not teams, let's be real, because teams are not that stupid anymore but i think a lot of fans kind of lose sight of how important it is to have you know those those just average or slightly above average players on your team right like they, you, they like go you can't have way. six stars you can have six stars on the roster like on the lineup you got to have those good above average players like i think a lot of people lose sight of that and he's a good above average player so i think yeah. a lot of baseball fans don't really understand roster construction um, i agree I'm guilty of that standpoint. I, I do too. Just looking at stuff in the vacuum. Um, yeah. You get really get caught up in the moment and stuff like that. And, yeah, um, but he's a good player. So the Phillies, uh, you got um, a record prediction for them? Because I don't. I say 81-81. <laughs> Just like last year, 500. Dead yeah, on. I think they, they don't win more than 87 games if they if they do do good because um they got what's his name um what's that guy's name um their top prospect is their pitcher um Spencer Howard he's in double A and um so I think he he could get called up this year maybe um let's just say like this uh a lot of a lot of things will have to go right at once for this team to sniff 90 wins right yes Yes, okay. Bryce Harper is going to have to put up like an MVP season, yeah. plus a little Which he's bit only more. done once, well twice. And JT, JT Ramuto is going to have to just take it to another level. Yeah. It's too much to ask for. Baseball, too many things to go well at the same time. Yeah, so if y'all got the gist, uh, Phillies, they kind of look in a little bit mediocre as far as we're concerned. <laughs> Uh, so lastly, fifth team, um, the current World Series champs, the Washington Nationals. How weird does that sound? It doesn't sound weird to me because I called them winning in seven games before the series started, and I will never let that go. I'm so proud of myself for that prediction. Yeah. I said Astros in six, but to my credit, I said all games would be close. So I'm kind of taking half a point for that. But you yeah. get the point, though. So. Yeah, I remember calling it when we talked about it before the series started, yeah. and you were skeptical, but, you know. Yeah. I it was reasonable, though. Down. Yeah, that's very reasonable. Yeah. 
because okay so after winning right the the only thing that can be better is doing it again we know in baseball uh it's really difficult and it's especially difficult when you have to face a decision like basically choosing between you know two mvp caliber players basically they had to choose between steven strasburg or anthony rendon uh they went for strasburg uh i don't remember the exact amount of money they gave him uh, seven years 245 million 245 that's a fucking lot um but yeah they basically had to choose between strasburg or, or rendon i think the the bigger argument here is they kind of had to choose like philosophically in my opinion uh whether they want to preserve the rotation or they want to keep the star hitter they went for the pitcher you agree i actually i do agree because um a starting trio of, of max scherzer steven strasburg, strasburg. and patrick corbin, corbin is a really good rotation yes That's let's really say like rotation. this Let's say like this is if uh Anibal Sanchez is the clearly defined number four starter, that's a good rotation. You got yes. And that's a good me, rotation. In my personal opinion, um I think Max Scherzer's health worries me with the bag of injuries and his age and stuff like that. I agree. And as we've seen Steven Strasberg has kind of kicked the health bug and kinda starting to throw more innings and stuff like that. Yeah. And with pitchers, um, they don't really reach their prime until they're kind of later in their careers. And they kind of establish a rhythm and they know themselves and things like that. And another thing is, the Nationals also have Carter Keyboom in the wings. Yes. Yeah. He can come up and they can let him see if he can handle third or not. Yeah. Because he's supposed to have a big bat. And if he can follow up Anthony Rendon with even maybe yeah 75 percent yeah half of the reduction that's 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 perfect yeah uh he was actually one of my two uh players like from the position player side uh he's one of the two guys that i kind of like you know wrote down of like players to watch for this season for the nets uh carter Keebum's one because replacing anthony rendon is difficult but he's a good prospect uh the other one is uh victor robles he's a gold glover in center but the bat still hasn't you know kind of exploded yet uh I, I don't i don't think it's fair to expect like 900 ops from robles i don't think he has that kind of pop but if he can be just above average hitter i think there's a lot of like a lot of value to be had from him because yeah like basically uh the nats uh had to since they chose strasburg like we said they kind of had to scramble a little bit and they 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 had to you know find you know smaller pieces and kind of hope that you know improvement from within can cover his production because yeah uh, Kibum Robles uh another signing I really liked was uh Eric Thames as a platoon bat at first I really liked that signing um but yeah like <laughs> see um I think I think I remember uh, you and I talked about uh, the Nats prior to last season, and um, you were kind of high on them, and you said, "Yeah, like they should, you know, fight for the division, whatever." And I said, "They kind of struck me as a team that might be a little bit mediocre." And we agreed that the rotation, the pitching staff was good. We'll talk about the bullpen uh, 
in a, in a little bit but my worry with them was the lineup and they and they found ways to get really good production so this year is pretty much the same for me uh like we know the the rotation is a certainty the bullpen should be better than it was last year it comes down really to whether you can replace Rendon's production or not uh also quick uh quick question uh Juan Soto um 1000 OPS over under um I'm gonna go under I'll take the over on that I think he's gonna put up a 980 or 990 um unless he just um destroys the ball like unless he just like really crushes the ball next year and just takes it to another level which he has for sure yeah, yeah. um but I want to go back to Victor Robles because I thought he was pretty decent with the bat last year. 264, 331, 427 OPS. With, from a guy who, who also had 30 steals and 18 home runs, this is not bad for his first season. And I agree. with Robles, I, agree. Um, I think I think he has a superstar ceiling just because of the gold, gold glove um, potential in center field. He could easily put up 40, 50 bags a year on the bases and if he plays in front of Juan Soto and he's on the bases and he's still got a pitch to Juan Soto that's just that's crazy and they also have Trey Turner too and he hasn't really yeah. broken out as uh, he hasn't broken out but he's kind of that the expectations yeah he's he, he, he hasn't broken out but he's kind of that he's a, you know, he's, a, he's a top 100 player in, in MLB for sure yes he's a top yes, 100 yes. player for sure Adam Eaton is also the He's a good Adam Eaton's a classic number two hitter. Yeah, I mean you know where I stand on that. Uh I put him a bit lower in the order. Okay, five or six. Yeah, five. I go five, six. Okay. Cause you no, know, cause right. the speed. I mean, it is the National League, so I'm not gonna go like, you know, full on saver metric, you know, put Soto in the two spot. Well, I think it's fair. You gotta put, put Soto four. four. Yeah, I think it's fair in the National League to put him in the four spot. But yeah, uh, Adam Eaton is another guy uh, I want to mention because he's kind of like, you know, we talked about uh, Cesar Hernandez and what he did and what he did for the Phillies. Adam Eaton is kind of, you know, similar role for this team. He is um, a little bit better power, but on base, high contact guy, going to play solid defense. Yeah. that Adam Eaton trade when it happened, I remember it when it happened uh, when he went from the White Sox, and I thought, man, I thought that team was going to be cra- the White Nationals were going to be crazy after that. Just with uh, outfield Adam Eaton and Bryce Harper in two, 2016. That's just that's ridiculous. But um, he's been a good he's been a good acquired he's been a good um acquired asset just because they got the World Series to justify it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm happy Young Gomes got a ring. I'm really happy Young Gomes got a ring. I'm so happy for Young. Um, but I really like that trade too for both teams because um, Nationals need a backup catcher. Um, that could play defense because Kurt Suzuki is a, is a pretty decent bat for a catcher, but his, he's not a great defensive catcher like Young Gomes is. He's probably been one of the yeah. best defensive catchers since he broke since he became a starting catcher. Um, mm-hmm. And Jan Gomes also can do a little bit with the bat as well if he can stay healthy and be consistent. Yeah. Catch. Uh, the last thing uh, we could kind of talk about uh, with the Nats is uh, I I briefly mentioned it 
the bullpen. Um, let me kick things off by saying that, uh, by informing the people listening that uh, the Nationals bullpen, especially in the first half of last year, was historically bad. I think at one point they had an ERA of like seven. Well, it was a it was a flame dumpster fire, like yeah, raging. It was like awful. awful. Uh, the awful. reason the reason uh, you saw the Nats in the postseason last year, basically using six pitchers uh they, they use corbin and scherzer and strasburg constantly in relief was because they had nothing else aside from two good relievers really they did pick up uh will harris ironically the guy that howie kendrick hit the the homer in game seven off of and he's really good so i like that signing uh, but yeah, I feel like when it comes to the bullpen, really, uh, after you put up a season like that, the only way to go is up, really, for a bullpen like this. Yeah, it is. Um, Sean Doolittle is very eh to me. He's very up and down. Um, Daniel Hudson was as well. Um, even though when they traded for him in uh, July of last year, he was kind of eh. Yeah, but to see how he does in a full season, maybe in a shorter season, though, just bullpen is a little bit better. But yes. my hopes for no more high. Yeah, uh, that's why I was I was really happy for them when they got uh, Will Harris because he's a true like top. I don't know if I want to say top echelon, but he's uh, definitely a really good reliever, and they needed that. So, but I mean, the thing with the Nats is when you have a starting rotation like that, uh, your your relief innings are going to be lower than most teams. And that's what they need because their relievers are old. They have a really old bullpen. Yes. Very old bullpen. The youngest kind yeah. of bullpen is like 28. Yeah. Which is a bad thing when it comes yes. to work. Very bad thing. Yeah. I think they're one of the oldest teams in the in the majors. As they old. are. They have a very young lineup, but their bullpen is very old, and so is the rotation. Would you agree that they have like uh, this current uh, iteration of the Na- of the Washington Nationals has a very finite shelf life as championship contenders? Like I agree. One, maybe I actually, two years. I actually have them finishing um, third or fourth in the division this year. This is the regular really? season. Yes. Damn. Um, I'm not I'm not high on them because I feel like last year was just perfect like everything went right for them they got the momentum at the right time yeah, it was and that was time. with their bullpen on fire for the whole first half of the year and that was with Max Scherzer having issues with his back and with his nose and with his with his neck and everything like when you when you're starting ace pitcher is 35 and he has to have hope from his wife to put his shirt on that's a big red flag to me yeah uh it's i've always kind of wondered like ever since uh i started watching baseball i remember when i first saw uh max scherzer pitch i'm like how has this guy's arm not fallen off yet oh yeah his mechanics are scary that it looks like he's tearing himself apart like when I first watched him pitch, I was like, there's no way this dude is like an actual starting pitcher. Like there's no way a starter can apply that much violence on his own body and still throw a hundred pitches every five days. No way, but he does it. But like you said, uh, I think uh, they mentioned something 
that I remember uh, in the wildcard game. Um, in the second half, after he came back from injury, he gave up like 10 home runs in 60 innings, something like that, all to lefties. I, I, I took that as a warning sign, like you said. Like, it might be soon when we see Max Scherzer uh, go from ace to mid-rotation guy. Honestly, I'm going to bet on him just because it's Max Scherzer. And he's, yeah, me too. his history is just stellar. And he also had a, like kind of a late breakout as well. Yeah. So we'll have to yeah. see what happens. Because his velocity dipped a little bit too when he came back. His velocity uh, declined? A little bit. It was slight, but... I mean, anything, like, as slight as as it may be, like, it's enough, I, I would guess, to set people's alarms off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you so you said you had him finishing third or fourth in the division. I'm not sure I agree with that. Um. So, for my... I'll got the NL East playing out. This is a regular season. Is um, Braves, Mets, Nationals, Phillies, Marlins. Okay. Uh, so I think the Braves are the clear top team. I, I got agreed. the Braves. The Braves are maybe a ninety-five to one hundred five win team. Mm-hmm. Honestly, the Mets, and, the Mets and Nationals are kind of close. That's the thing. The Mets, National Phillies are somewhat close to me, even though the the Nationals have a lot of pitching. They still have the awful bullpen and the rotation. I mean, their lineup is great, but who knows? Yeah. Um, I go Braves, obviously. Mm-hmm. And if I had to pick any NL team not named Dodgers to reach 100 uh, this year, well, 100. We don't know how many games will be played, but you, like, you get the point. Uh, if I had to pick any NL team really to dominate like that, definitely the Braves easily. I think that this might be one of those years where like the Braves have like a 10 game lead on every other team by the end of the season. Uh, so I'd go Braves. Mm, I'm going to go Nationals too. Mets, Phillies, obviously Marlins. You think the Nationals can touch 90 wins or not? They can. They have. That's probably the ceiling, ninety to ninety-three. Okay. Yeah, ninety to ninety-three. They could win. They could get a wild card easy if everything goes. If Max Scherzer bounces back and this Max Scherzer of old, the Steven Strasburg does what he does, and Patrick Corbin does what he does, and let's say Sean Doolittle and Daniel Hudson and what's his name, Will Harris, yeah. a pretty good trio. Or seventh, eighth, ninth, in whatever order you want to play them in, based on performance, they can win ninety games. I agree. And if Carter Keyboom is a league average bat, or she late, maybe let's say a one hundred to one ten OPS plus from him with decent defense at third, then I think they should be fine. They'll take that one hundred percent in this rookie year. They'll take that. So yeah, I kind of feel like we're done with all five teams, though. Yeah. So we said um, the standings. Yep. Braves. For you, it was Braves, Mets, Nationals, Phillies, Marlins. For me, the same, except you flip the Mets and the Nats. Uh, I think we both agree, obviously, Braves, number one, easily. Uh, here's a question, though. 
and this is just kind of going off on a tangent do you think the braves can realistically compete with the dodgers um i had the dodgers in the regular season winning out like 115 games god damn just because i don't see they have no holes to me besides maybe dave roberts being a manager and kenley jansen bullpen being their closer but they also have joe kelly so they could swap them maybe who knows but the dodgers are just the i don't lineup, know their lineup is terrifying it's, it's it makes my stomach hurt just thinking about it like <laughs> If I had to, I don't know how anyone would want to step on a mound against them and have to navigate that lineup. Because you take a lineup that has Max Muncy, Cody Bellinger, um, Mookie, Chris Justin Taylor, Taylor. Like, Justin, uh, Chris Taylor, and you just dog. throw Mookie Betts in there. Corey, Corey Seager could. Oh, and they have Corey Seager too. Corey yeah, Seager and, could realistically be hitting six for this team. Yeah, like that's just, that's just what insane. the fuck is that? Like, all their stuff, well this is not an, an, an NOS preview so we're not going to take away from that yeah. when we get to it yeah. but and not to mention the defense that they have too which is yeah that's some bullshit and then, the, and then even their bench players okay we're, we're done because we're gonna do that's on another podcast by itself the Dodgers <laughs> I can do a podcast by itself just just crying in pain yeah the Dodgers I'm sorry. I'm sorry you're in the division. Nah, it's it's no big. It's like, I've interiorized that. Like, I just admit to myself that we're not going to be shit for at least (laughs) 10 years. So that's basically it. But uh, yeah, so to wrap this up, so I don't, you know, I don't hurt myself anymore. Uh, Yeah, so that was the National League East for y'all. I'm kind of did this. I I think we went on for like, we went on for damn near 50 minutes. Yeah. Um, I hope I didn't take up any of your time that you actually needed for some actual shit because it took a whole lot more time oh, than I man. thought we would. Man, I'm going to get my first haircut in like a month and a half because of this oh, yeah. mess. Like, I'm, I'm excited. Yes. And then when you tell me you want to do this podcast, I'm like, all right, cool. Let me get this out the way now. Yeah. Yeah. This man going to be walking out the barbershop looking. God damn. Man, I'm finna. You're going to be. F- gonna be floating on air yes I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna do a soul train dance when i walk out yeah <laughs> so uh, all right man uh thanks for having me i appreciate it uh that was the nle's uh that was my man pot uh i'll put a link to everything that he does down below so y'all can peep it uh really do because he's a talented motherfucker and he knows a whole lot about shit so yeah people so thank you for being here thank um, you for having me man i appreciate you thanks for this opportunity There's no problem, bro. Uh, I'll catch up with you. All right, for sure. Peace. Peace.